It comes down to the humanness. Ten plumbers, as an example, but each of them is different. They have their own experience, and that's how you bring that humanness into the conversation. We're both video editors, but somebody's going to want to work with you, and somebody's going to want to work with me because of who we are, the perspective that we bring. Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey, or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. We going Welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for spending your time with me and giving me your attention uh, for this period of time. It's just such a blessing to be able to have um, listeners. And my goal with this is that if anybody benefits from this podcast, I say this every time and I mean it every single time, I make this for one person. I make it for the person that you think as you're listening, they need to hear this. So rather than liking, sharing, subscribing, I don't care about any of those vanity metrics. I would prefer that the person that needs to to listen to this Uh, gets this in their hands. So um, if you get value from this and you think, oh, there's one person I'm thinking of that would also get value, please share it with them. That's all I really ask because uh, I I just want to help people. So if there's a business owner or if there's a friend or if there's someone that's interested in the agency space, maybe they're interested in the content space, maybe they're thinking about how do I start making content? What do I start doing on this on that capacity? Um, share it with that person because I want to give as much value to them as possible. And my guest here, Leanne, is also in my same niche where where we talk a lot about personal branding, we talk a lot about content, and we we help create content for other people. So um, I'm really excited to just give value to you as the community, and I just ask that you please share it with one person. So Leanne, thank you so much for spending time with me. Thanks for being here with me today. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Grant. I'm really excited because I think we've got lots of cool stuff to talk about. Cool. Awesome. Well, first, uh, give me uh, give me a, I don't want to say a background, but I would love to hear you say what Chirp does and uh, especially like what you've done for your clients, kind of what you specialize in so that people can understand your background as we enter this conversation. Cool. Absolutely. So my background is in marketing and I've done everything from copywriting, funnel building, marketing strategy, web development, um, right the way through to the social media piece and personal branding. Um, But as I was working with small business uh, clients and with founders, I found that the personal branding piece was a real missing link. And obviously everybody wants customers, but not everybody can afford paid advertising. So Chirp is about how we pull people's stories out of them in a very natural and authentic way and actually chop that piece of one hour interview into uh, 30 days worth of content that we then schedule for them so that people get to know who they are, what their voice is, and what they really stand for. Love it. Okay, wait, am I getting, am I getting the treatment today? Am I, getting, am I getting some content made out of this podcast? Oh, absolutely. Let's go. That's awesome. I'll always <laughs> accept it. I'm always welcoming content. Uh, love it. Okay, so who... I guess let, let's. I, I want to start here because I, I I know we're gonna we'll do the whole you know who your ICP is later on. We'll do like who's probably the best position to work for you. Um, but I, essentially, like where did you get your start in terms of you're saying you you went the whole spectrum of marketing? That's a lot of individual pieces that I'm sure gave you a lot of uh, knowledge on each thing. Why did you hone in on personal branding as the most important piece? And why did this solution come to your mind of let's because I mean, just to summarize, it sounds like what you guys do is you interview for about an hour. And from that interview, you batch that content into, I think you just said 30 pieces. So like one content piece a day. So that like that one hour of content of effort of batching the content equals one month of content for that person to, to optimize. So first off, how do you do that? What do you use? What tools do you use? Like, what is it a huge team? What's up with that? Like, how does how are you able to to take on that amount of work and that amount of effort to consolidate that? Um, and what led you down the path of being like, yep, that's this is the best way to do this. So, um, in terms of what we use, we're part human, part robot. So, with the kind of explosion of AI tools on the market. Uh, there's ways that you can utilize ChatGPT, you can use uh, AI video editors, and you know, in an ideal world, they would do all the work for you. However, 
Um, if you only use AI tools, what happens is you become very bland um, mm. and you just become very samey. Whereas the way we work is that we do that interview and we ask questions. So we use some AI tools to generate those uh, questions, but it's about using an interview technique that will draw people's strengths out. So we'll get to know who they are as a person. Um, and we will look at the uh, what they stand for in their business, why they're doing it. Especially if you look working with startup founders, they have a 10-slide pitch deck, but there's so much detail that went into that. So how do we draw that out for them? Then we take that content and we start chopping it up. So we use the AI tools to guide which pieces of content, but because of the way we've asked a question and we've got an answer, we're mm -hmm. able to hone in on, on the really good clips. Yeah. And okay. So we can re redo bits if we need. Yeah. To. Yeah. I love that. Cool. So, so like, this is me in my space. I'm I'm similar to you. I think of a podcast, and I'm like, at most, we'll probably get. You know, if if it's an hour long podcast and it's a great podcast, we might get five clips. That's my perspective. Five. It's like, yeah, because it's like uh, that. That's probably the most in terms of concise, in terms of mm. uh, power of the information, impact of the information, the ways we consolidate. How how do you get thirty? How do you get to a point where you can do all that content and have it all be good when, I mean, I, and I was actually talking to somebody else that was doing podcasting yesterday and he, he just said like, as a, like, I was like, you know, maybe we can like on, we can consistently get two to three. I love getting two to three. Um, but yeah, in general, it's like, we're lucky if we get five and he's like, yeah, if it's a great podcast, we get like maybe five to seven. So like, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? And how are you able to pull out? that many clips in comparison to other people in the market that are like, I can't, I can't pull that out. So I'll let you in a secret. We actually pull out 40 to 60 pieces of content from Whoa. one hour interview. Whoa. All right. Yeah. <laughs> even more questions. I have even more questions. That just, that just raises flags for me. I want to know. So like, how are you able to pull that much out? Cause that's, that's a theoretically, it's a piece a minute. That's you pulling out one piece of content per minute of the podcast. Yeah. So, um, the way we work, so it's not uh, 60 individual clips, but we will ask questions. So we have about 25 questions per interview and we dig into what are you working on? Um, how are you doing it? Who are you talking to? Why are you doing it? So we have those 25 questions and then we look at where the conversation goes. And then because what we do is we using that one hour of content and then we post it. It's almost like you have an ongoing narrative going through your month of social content. So if you as a listener or reader only um, basically catch every third or fourth post, you'll still be able to follow the story. Mm -hmm. um, so and then we take some of that and for instance, uh, you would have had what you've just said. I would have had probably two clips out of there. Plus, I will take what you've said and create a quote graphic from it. So we'll pull out a word. We'll create a quote. We'll create a post using your words, your thoughts, ideas. Um, but we use AI to speed up that process. But it's always in your voice. Um, and so just from that two or three minutes that you've said, we've got three or four pieces of content. Love it. Okay, so this, I want to start, let's start on a foundational level here um, because I think we'll have different thoughts, we'll connect on some, we'll disagree on other things. Yeah. It sounds like, based on what you're saying, I, I'm curious what your thoughts on, are on quality versus quantity. It sounds like you are full in on quantity and quantity being the metric that people need to start out with. Tell me why. So there's two reasons, really. One is um, if you uh, hail to the algorithm gods, they do reward consistency. So what we've done with all our experimentation is that it almost doesn't, and I say almost, doesn't matter what you post as long as you post every day. In the eyes of the algorithms, posting three to five times a week is still considered sporadic, not consistent. So as long as you're being consistent, um, you are then making sure that the information is going out. The algorithm says, okay, right, you're committed. And so at 90 days, you'll see an uptick. At 180 days, you'll see a hockey stick. Um, because the algorithm is like, right, we're going to keep you in the feed because we can rely on you to mm -hmm. post content. Obviously, like I said, we post almost 
doesn't matter what you post. It comes down to the algorithm gets you the humans, but we still need to make sure that what we're posting is attractive and interesting for the humans. Yeah. What, what do you think about like, so there's agencies that promise growth metrics. There's agencies that promise, con I, I don't know, I don't want to say conversions. I think the most, most of the time I see viewership or growth, growth metrics, follower count or number of views. Um, what do you think about those? Do you make promises to the same regard or are you just kind of saying, nope, we just want to make sure that you're putting out something consistently? We don't make promises on that. And the reason is, is that I have no uh, guarantee on what your offer is. Um, mm. And I don't know how active you are. This is not a set and forget uh, strategy. You have to be responding to people who um, engage with your content. You also have to be sending out, LinkedIn is brilliant for this, in that you can send out connection requests and then you end up connecting with their networks and so you're bringing people in. The minute you're not visible, you can absolutely see a drop in engagement and a drop in meaningful conversations that are happening. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it is about being proactive on the sales and outreach side but the content supports because um, you may have found this, but about the, the stat is 80% of people don't actually listen to the video. They read the video. But what we do know about communication is that only 7% is words. So they're looking at your body language. They're looking at your expressions. They're gauging who you are by the content that you put out. And so mm. it only takes, I think, what do they say, seven hours of video for somebody to feel like they have a relationship with you. So just seeing you scroll through um, on their newsfeed, they are already connecting with you. If you're not there, you're drowned out by the person who is showing up every day. Mm. What, what makes you want to focus on short-form content with that in mind versus doing podcasting on, on that same level? Because I feel like it sounds like if you're already doing this kind of stuff, you helping people, utilizing your tools and services to do podcasting where they get that seven hours much faster would be so much more beneficial? Um, I think because the platforms are pushing short form content mm. um, and most people will not sit and, or they need to have built a relationship with you before they'll sit down and watch you or listen to you for an hour. So having that short form content, you know, it's, it's about bringing it, bringing it together. I love podcasts and the I use podcast style interviews to get the best out of my clients because mm -hmm. when you when you have that conversation the it people relax and it's so much more conversational so much more authentic rather than reading from a script um so you know we use that but also a podcast tends to be a two-way conversation whereas I'm putting all the focus on the client um, on who's who's using chirp so that it's their voice it's their ideas and it's their time rather than my time can you tell me your podcast do you have a podcast that you put out uh we have just recorded five episodes uh they okay. are in production wait, wait a second wait, wait 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 a second wait a second hold up hold up i gotta stop you here so you're saying that you do these interviews for your clients yeah and you haven't posted them as individual individual podcasts for yourself <laughs> yeah Oh my word, Leanne, what are we doing? What are we doing? All right, all right, good. I'm glad you're getting started with it because that's such, that's such a missed opportunity. I want you, if you're putting out content for yourself, you might as well, if you're already interviewing, you're already doing all this stuff, like that would be a cool process that would 100% get you more clients. If they just say like, they see like there's one client or there's someone that's gonna be a warm lead, right? That is gonna yeah. listen to your podcast and hear the questions you ask and then see the results of what you post for that person. And they're going to be yeah. like, oh my gosh, an hour, an hour and I get this. And they're going to yeah. immediately sign up. Uh, so absolutely really need cool. you to do that. Need you to do that. All right. Put, I'm on it. <laughs> do it. Awesome. I, so I do think you're right in terms of consistency being the, uh, the most important thing. Um, and and we're, like, we're dancing around it, but like, the reality is CTR and retention are also extremely important. I've noticed, uh, not I've noticed, the world has noticed. Everyone that, anyone that's in this space has noticed that the talking head content doesn't do well anymore. It used, last year and the year before, it was incredible. 
Ryan McGinn came out, and I'm not sure as a listener, if you don't know the space, I can educate you. Ryan McGinn, uh, he, he runs a business called Viral Edits. He actually lives around me. Um, and uh, he originated what is now known as the Hormozy style caption. The Hormozy mm-hmm. style caption actually didn't, didn't start with that, with Alex Hormozy. Uh, it actually started with uh, a completely different person. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was the third, I think the second person to use it was Ryan Pineda, uh, or third person to use mm-hmm. it was Ryan Pineda. And then it was also used for Grant Cardone. And then it was used for Alex Ramosi, and then it was used for Jordan Peterson and all these other bigger names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still being used for people like Brandon Carter and, and a bunch of other people that are really big. All of that stemmed from uh, all stemmed from Ryan McGinn starting with it. And now you actually can go to submagic.io and you can get the Alex Ramosi content AI oh, yeah. generated for you in three different styles, and a lot of people repurpose that. Um, so something I've noticed. And, and Ryan McGinn's crushing it, and he's always going to crush it because he's, I mean, he's working with guys like Chris Crone. He's working with awesome people. And uh, he just does a great interview style, and the captions are only part of it, and that's what he, he preaches. He's like, we've been consistent with the captions, but the questions and the, what you're able to draw out in the story is what's most important. Still, that talking head content style has a, a serious drop in engagement. Um, when I'm talking where I first, it, it was the thing that grew people to 100,000, 150,000 large number of followers and, uh, and even a million followers in, in some cases as, as we've seen. But now if you look at the same videos that they're putting out, if they haven't changed the style, most of them have, but the people that put out the same videos, the conversion on engagement is roughly around 7 to 12%, which means of the followers, those videos are only being pushed to 7 to 12% of them. Now you could say maybe they bought accounts, maybe they bought followers, maybe they bought stuff, maybe they bought engagement, maybe the followers weren't really high value. I'm not sure. But even in us testing with it and us using stuff and us putting our own style, we don't do the, the rhyme again style. We, we, we've done, you know, for, for the agency that I built and the clients that we have, like we create custom things and a custom font and custom style and a custom visual for each person. Uh, but it's bottom funnel content. It's not top funnel content because you just, it's hard to get viewers. It's not going to go viral. Even if you have something great, people just don't interact with that style of content anymore, especially uh, like maybe in the business niche, but not on a on a viral level. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's just what I've noticed, and I've noticed that different content styles are crucial. And it sounds like you're saying, like, yep, we do stuff with graphics, yep, we do stuff with other things. What have you seen in terms of, like, reach, engagement? Have you seen a drop-off, or have you seen, like, nope, we've actually consistently been able to grow these accounts that we've worked with doing this just because of the, the way we, we help people communicate their story? So what we have found, and I 100% agree with you in terms of, we've had a few customers who come to us and go, I want Alex Hormozy style captions. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's fine, but then you just look like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and so what we do is we brand the frame that goes around a video, and we're finding that it's working incredibly well on LinkedIn. So we brand awesome. the frame so that as you're going, as you're scrolling through, you can see, right, this is Future Match and Future Match and Kufa from yep. Future Match. And yep. you've got Cindy from Amazi and Cindy from Amazi. So you start to get to know. And actually, we've had um, two clients who've had really, really good stories. One, she was busy raising investment and she had two investors reach out um, to her as a result of the content that they'd seen saying, it looks like you're building something really interesting. Um, and she's in the middle of a of a funding round. The other client, he's had two investors join the round as they were about to close, as well as being uh, contacted by two particular companies interested in acquiring him. And that wow. is from the content that we've put out. So I think I think the purpose of the way I do it is we're not trying to go viral. What we're trying yep. to do, is to get you meaningful conversations. And I think that we're achieving that. Love it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, to be honest, I, and this is what I tell people, I, I don't know how to go viral. I generally, I, like genuinely, I don't. Like part of it's because I'm maybe a little bit too old so that that generation of TikTokers just isn't me. I'm a father. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, yeah. I got kids. So like we're, we're watching Bluey. We're not, I'm not scrolling through TikTok and figuring out what the trends are. Um, but 
and it could just be that I'm just not cool. So it could be that I just suck. That's also another thing is if I don't know how to go viral, it could just be that <laughs> I, I really suck. <laughs> uh, but I, I do know how to get conversions and I do know how to build communities and I do know how to position people. Um, I agree with you that that is 100% more important to make yourself a one-on-one, to make yourself unique, and to figure out rather than how can I get 100,000 followers, to figure out how can I monetize the 10,000 followers that I do have because it's so much more valuable to have. Mm. I mean, I, one of my clients, they made $100,000 in 90 minutes from wow. us growing a small audience of less than 10,000 people. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's more, it's less about, and that's just on an upsell so that he, he made additional money elsewhere. But like the, the purpose of that is because, yeah, the, the, the benefit of it is purely if you have the right audience, if you have the right people following you, if you attract the right community, it's easy to make them monetizable. Um, so I'm 100% with you on that. And that micro niches are there and that you can, you can educate on a micro level and people will be attracted to it. Um, I just, I, I struggle with the fact that, and it, what do you think about AI as a whole? And what do you think is going to happen in the next three years? Because if you're using AI now, I, I, I agree with you. Anybody who doesn't know how to leverage AI, they're going to be left behind. Um, and AI should be used to simplify processes. Even when you talk about like from a podcasting perspective, you know, you use, use Autopod on Premiere, you know, like that's a way if you have, if you're doing a clip and especially if you're, if you have a three camera setup and you want to make sure everything's done elegantly and you clip, it's, it's just, it simplifies your process. It turns a three hour editing process into a 45 minute editing process. So you can focus on the things that are more valuable. You can focus on the color grading. That's the stuff that still needs your touch. You can focus on the, what, what do you think happens when AI starts to replace more of those human things. It's okay if they replace the need for, you know, people in uh, third world countries to edit and add your captions. I understand that. That's okay. But how far do you think it's going to go and how far are you going to go with it? So how far will it go? Um, you know, even my one of my editors is based out in the Philippines. And when I showed her some of the AI tools, she was blown away. She's like, wow, this is a yeah. game changer. You know, yeah. especially when it comes to adding subtitles, whereas beforehand we were reliant on typing up the subtitles, whereas now you can just go through and correct the subtitles, which takes yep. far quicker. Yeah. Where's AI going? I think that it's getting smarter and I think that we're going to see AI really explode the space and that's when people's authenticity is going to become more and more and more important um, because it's going to be, especially, I mean, one of the, I'll tell you what I'm working on in a minute, but I spoke to developing is like, oh, well, we could have an AI uh, version of you asking the questions and interviewing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. Um, <laughs> that seems yeah. a little um, too far. But you know what, in three years time, maybe in a year's time, that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, in terms of where I would like to see AI going is that with for our clients it will become a seamless experience so they will download the chirp app they will go through the interview process directly into the app and answer their questions it will then push it through we'll video edit we'll add the captions we'll create the social post and we will schedule the posts ready to uh, to go out every day of the month and all of that will happen in less than an hour. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's an there's a there's a value prop to that. I think to your point, like you're saying, uh, I think uh, it was a there's a gamer, there's a YouTube gamer, there's a YouTube channel. He grew his channel to like two, I think fifteen million, something crazy. Wow. I think his name was Jordy Van Den Bush, something like that. And he decided across his twenty YouTube channels, he's no longer going to be a part of it. So he, he did the same mm. thing you're talking about where he, he replaced himself with AI. I think they still yeah. use footage or whatever, but all of the communication, all of the script, everything else is produced by AI. And you see the, the content drop. And mm. it's not because AI is bad, mm. but it's because you miss the point that it's a creator. Um, and so yeah. I'm with you on the sense that like, 
even at a boutique boutique level and even at a highly customized package level and even like for, at a, at a higher stakes point ai being used as a tool is essential awesome and it's just going to add value to your service um mm. and i think i think you're the people that learn how to leverage it best while keeping their own touch on it are going to win long term uh and I think we both agree that AI as a creator will always be subpar, um, at least yeah, for the absolutely. next five to 10 years. And I'm sure things are going to escalate much yeah. faster, right? But like <laughs> <laughs> Casey Neistat put out a video uh, a few months ago. I think it was yeah, like five, six months ago. And he, uh, he did a video talking about this concept. And he said he did a video where AI wrote the, he wrote the script with AI. So he, he used ChatGPT and, and he was like, make a write me a script for a Casey Neistat video that does mm. XXXX and then he did it he did the video mm. but it just lacked creativity it lacked ingenuity mm. it lacked uh, a personal touch and it felt it felt inhuman um, and I think that's probably going to be the case for a period of time uh, mm. I think I, I have to say I agree with you I think when it comes to captions that's really important um I guess the question is, I don't know how many clients you have, but there's only so many fonts. There's, so many, there's only so many brands. How do you differentiate one client from another client? How do you make them unique? I'm sure you have people that are CEOs, investors, different niches, different, different places. How do you help them be just them where there's nothing else to really compare? It comes down to the humanness. You know, there are... There are 10 um, plumbers, as an example, but each of them is different. They have their own experience, and that's how you bring that humanness into, um, into the conversation. And it's that, be, which is why I'm so big on the video, is that you are reading their body language, you're reading their feelings, their expression, and you get a feel for um, who they are as a person. Uh, you know, we, we're both video editors, but somebody's going to want to work with you and somebody's going to want to work with me because of who we are um, mm -hmm. and the, the perspective that we bring. And so using that mode of actually helping people share their story and who they authentically are, as well as each business has their own branding. So mm -hmm. whether their colors are the same, but their logos are all different, and it's the different combinations. So when we put together a video, we have a branded frame. The captions are written in their brand colors and their logo appears on there. So we're constantly reinforcing them as a business and as a business personality. Whereas if um, I had one client, we ended up doing her stuff four times over. And in the end, she's like, I just want no frame, no branding, no brand colors. I wanted yellow and red and bright and green like Dan Martel, like Alex Hormozy. They seem to do yeah. best. I'm like, but that's them. You're never going to stand out. You're just going to look like them. Um, so, you know, and I've, I've seen better results with people who have, who are using their brand colors to their advantage. What's, uh, what's your favorite font right now? I've been asking this question oh. to a lot of creators right now. So if you say oh, if you say Montserrat, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tussle. But give me give me your favorite <laughs> font to play with. No, you know what? I quite like Poppins. I okay. like Poppins bold, especially. Nice. Um, <laughs> awesome. I think it pops. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. We're we're in a deep dive search. I'm trying to search. I, I'm on a. I, I'm determined to like. I was talking to uh, uh, Bryn Turner's uh, content creator. Bryn Turner's a big like real estate guy, and so. Um, me and me and his his content director are are, are friends. Uh, I've had him on a podcast, and uh, we were talking about fonts. And I was I was like, you know what? I think every every person just needs to decide this is my font. Like, let Alex have his. Let Dan yeah. let Dan Martell has, have his. Everybody is like, this is my font and this is my color, and you own it. No one else can have it. We just like copyright fonts, and that's let's just start yeah. there and see how things feel. So I'm I'm in the process where I'm looking for my font. I'm gonna find yeah. it. I'm gonna copyright it as much as I possibly can, <laughs> and then just like just try to own it because it's it's important. It's a it's a detail, yeah. but when you're in yeah. it, you're like you're like ah, just 
don't use that <laughs> use some yes, use something else exactly. try something else exactly exactly and if you think about like logos and um you know not so much now I remember when I was kind of started out in business 20, 25 years ago, it was um, everybody, you had to have your logo, you had to have your corporate identity pack. Mm-hmm. And people are much more loose with that now than they were in the past. You know, you've got Canva and it keeps changing. But actually, you sh- you invest in that corporate identity so why aren't you using it and reinforcing it at every opportunity? It just, mm-hmm. in the long run, it becomes recognizable and it becomes synonymous with who you are and who your business is. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to ask you about, so we're, we're, we've tapped into quantity. I, I have never experienced and I've never seen someone do well with remote mm-hmm. recording. And even ah. these podcasts, even these podcasts that I do. Uh, the content does well, but it's it's mostly because of the conversation. It's because it's a different style. It's because it's it, it's different in a variety of things that I post. So that's why, in terms of engagement, it does mm. differently, especially when you cross post. Um, mm. What we I couldn't figure out how to do stuff well unless I flew out to people and shot with them, mm. and that's not just because I'm using you know I'm, we're using our Sony A A seven threes. It's not just because we have our lighting, we have our, our filters and stuff. It's because part of, part of what, maybe it's me and my weakness, part of what I need is I need to be with you. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to you. I need to be in the room with you if I'm going to record with you, if I'm going to produce your content because I want to I ask you questions in person. There's just an element of like being together. That becomes mm-hmm. essential. Um, that poses a negative thing to us because it, it limits how many clients we can take on. We have to fly out to a lot of places so that like that, yeah. it becomes a hassle on that front. But what have you found to being the trick to doing it remotely? Because I haven't seen anybody crack it yet. And I'm really curious how, how you've been able to, to make that be a positive thing for your clients. So it is about, obviously, you know, there's, there's uh the quality production that you want to have it in person, but there is a cost involved in that. And your small business owner, your startup founder, they can't afford that. Now there's a very interesting quote that says that, um, Oh, I've just forgotten. Um, but it's, it's basically to the effect of, um, as humans, we forgive quality to access genius, something to Mm. that effect. Um, and essentially, as long as you are visible, as long as you are having, you, people can see who you are, from mm-hmm. a um, viewer's point of view, they don't know whether I'm sat in the room with you or not. Now, what I have found is that we've tested different tools. Riverside is, like I've discovered it a couple of weeks ago, how I didn't know what it was beforehand, has been a game changer. Zoom yeah. is is great because everybody can use it. Okay. Yeah. However, you lose a bit of quality and some people are not happy with that. But it is more important, our philosophy is more important to get it out there. Done is better than perfect. Yep. Now, in terms of getting that connection, so we had one client, we did one recording session and he so he he likes to record on his phone mm-hmm. um, because obviously iPhones have got great quality. And then he drops me the file afterwards. And we did one where he was uh, recording to his phone here and I was talking from there. And I'm like, we got about 10 minutes and I'm like, right, this just isn't working. And it's because it works because we have eye contact. And it's not as good as being in person. But as long as we have eye contact and we are connected, um, it works well and we and the conversation flows maybe as a result of the pandemic we've also far more used to being <laughs> on zoom on video calls so people are more comfortable um yeah. and it you know it, it is from a convenience point of view so you are yep. uh, restricted in how when you can go and the cost that's involved yeah. whereas if i wanted to i could do five or six interviews a day yeah, I love that. I do think there's a benefit to that. There's a scalability to that from a business model, right? <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, I, 
So I also want to give free value to anyone that's listening to this. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you're someone that's like, you're listening to this conversation. You're like, I would love to start out and do something. Just some free tools. Uh, I, I, I've, I'm using right now the Logitech Brio. This can record in, in uh, up to 4K. Doesn't always, depending on the software you're using. But if you're doing this kind of style, I think it does work really great. Um, camera quality is really solid. So if you're doing that style and you want a good webcam, you can do that. I also like the Opal. The Opal does that cool thing where it, it almost uh, it, it does a it does a blur on the background naturally in a way that most nice cameras do. That one's a little bit more expensive. Um, the Logitech Brio I think is somewhere in, the, in like the 150 range. Um, if you're using your iPhone, just as Leanne's saying, uh, especially if you have anything after the iPhone X, uh, I'd recommend changing uh, changing your uh, you can if you go to your camera right now and I'm just gonna it's just. This is just really want to help you, and especially if like you're you're interested in, in working with someone like Leanne, you can change your your frames per second to uh, to 60 fps, and the difference between 60 fps versus 30 fps is huge, and makes it look like every aspect of it. it's a bigger file for Leanne to deal with, but highly recommend that because it can make you look so much better. And then obviously the thing that that I'm sure like Leanne would preach as well. The most important thing is actually not about the camera. It's actually about the lighting. So have, if you, before you buy a really nice camera, I would spend a lot more money on lighting and make sure that, uh, and make sure that the lighting is really, really what you have honed in. Make sure that you're dealing with, if you want to learn about anything, that's what you should learn about first. And then as you scale, you can use your stuff in place, but you can get a, a really nice lighting setup for less than 50 bucks. Um, so so some, working with someone like Leanne, doing something remotely, is possible. I'm talking about a setup that's either your phone and lighting, uh, not even a microphone. You don't need this, you know, $700. You know, you don't need this $700 Sure <laughs> SM7B. Um, it's a you can you can do something a lot cheaper. You can use AirPods. It really doesn't matter on that front. Uh, but there's simple ways for a cheap way that you can upgrade your quality to make it sound and look so much better than everybody else that's just doing nothing. Um, so mm -hmm. that's just a simple way that you can do it. I also, uh, I don't know if you've tested this, but Leanne, I would highly recommend for you get you guys, these Rode mics, uh, it's Rode Wireless Go 2s. Uh, this is yeah. 300, these are 300 bucks, and if you compare, you, can, you get it with a lavalier in addition, it's a little more expensive, but you can just do these. The Rode, it's Rode Wireless, um, Wireless okay. Go 2s. Uh, really great for you. You can get it for your podcast. It works for podcasts. You can connect it straight to your phone. Um, and it's, it's really awesome. And it's just, it's, these are just simple ways that are cheap um, yeah. that I'm testing with, that I'm giving to people for them to test with, that like simple ways to upgrade your quality so that if you're working with someone like Leanne and she's already producing the content, that makes her job so much easier because mm -hmm. she's able to take something that's already good quality from a production level and just make it into great quality. So um, simple ways, there's people that are better than me, that know more than me, that I learned from, that I've learned all this from, and probably what I'm saying is outdated even, but this is what was recently told to me, and that's the stuff I buy, and this is the stuff I recommend to other people. So everything I, I recommend is something I've tested myself. So Leanne, highly recommend that for you, and for anyone that's going to work with Leanne, simple way that's cheap, exactly what, like you're talking about, Leanne, where it's like, we need, the point is first just to get started, right? It's, yeah, it's exactly. essential just to, to it's, and there's ways you can do that by yourself. There's like, you, I recommend to people sometimes like, just start posting stories. Just start posting, you know, and, and you can go to TikTok and their auto captions really not that bad. Their auto captions mm -hmm. are really okay. You can get color on them. You can make it a, a different font. It's not going to look amazing. You're going to look like a lot of other people, but it's a great way to get started. And I think like, it sounds like I would probably agree. Like the next lever to pull is maybe working with someone from an agency, someone like Leanne that that can help you produce content at scale. Especially if you're a business owner that values your time and wants to buy back your time, that's a great way to kind of get started because then you can just batch the content. Um, yeah. Easy value proposition. That way you can be like, "Yep, I can. I can make sure that I'm consistent at the very least." What are your thoughts, Leanne? Usually, it takes months for me to work with someone on a consulting level and get them to have a voice. So communicating on these reels, it's, it's partially the information. The information's important, but what's so much more important is the conviction with, with, the, with which the information's told. So like, 
how passionate you are. It's like you can't, on social media, you can't be like, uh, you know, I, I like pears. I don't like pears. You have to be like, I hate pears or I love <laughs> pears, right? Like you, you have to have some kind of like divisive opinion that is like not like, yeah, I mean, ice cream is pretty cool. Like you're not going to get any views if you're saying that. So how do you get someone to learn their voice in these calls so that they, w- when you're recording with them, like you get the performance that you know is going to lead to the, to the growth that they're looking for? I think that comes in the conversation in that, you know, like I've I've said a couple of times now, I like working with startup founders because they're building something, they're passionate about it, and they just need to get known for their startup. And so when people are trying to um, create content, they are worried about what am I going to say, and then they want to script it, and they got to think about it, and then that's where they stop being consistent. Whereas if we just sit and... um, I'm maybe a little bit of an excitable person um, (laughs) in that it's bringing that out of them. So uh, in a past life, I was a coach. So I'm really good at asking questions and I'm really good at connecting with someone. And so that conversational style, I can also direct even from Mm -hmm. here is that I'm seeing you on video already, which means that I have a sense of how it's going to be received. And so when I'm dealing with someone, it's like, right, can you say it with a little bit more energy? Can you frame that answer just that little bit? And I give them tips and tricks on how to do that. But we can redo it, but in a way that's authentic, not script reading. Because you can always tell. You can always tell. My biggest Uh, bugbear is news readers because of the way they (laughs) sing songs the news. Like, why? Why can't you just say it? (laughs) There we go. This is what we align on. This This is where you and I are together. So you hate, I hate scripts. I don't do scripts. I don't work with scripts. I, I, at worst, what I'll say is I'll t- ask them about the topic. We'll talk about the topic, and then I'll give them a hook at the back end, and we'll yep. slap it on the front. Yep. And I'll be like, all right, sweet, let's try this hook. And we give them the hook, and we throw that on. You're also that same way it sounds like. It sounds like you hate scripts. Absolutely, yes. Some people do it really well. Some YouTubers do it really well. I can't stand it because I can tell the people that know their stuff yeah. versus the people that don't. And the people that know their stuff don't need scripts. The people that are passionate exactly. about it, like you're just, you're, it, there's no way to do it without coming across as reading. It looks yep. like you're just like, you're just reading someone else's words, even if it's your own words. It's just like, it doesn't come across that way. I love that. Um, I, I also think, yeah, I, I, from, what you're, from what you're hearing, I hope, hopefully as, as listeners, one, there's so many ways to go about this. There's so many people that can help you. There's agencies out there. There's lots of different models. Uh, Leanne, I think you and I can both agree on this as well. The, uh, everyone needs a coach. And this is me included. Um, I, the thing I do for other people, the creative direction that I give for other people, the systems that I build for other people, I've always wished someone would come and do that for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, it, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, because it's so much, uh, like, I, I, talk to, I talk to a lot of creatives about this, and it's like, we can churn out content for other people out the wazoo because we, we have an objective opinion. We yeah. don't hold it too tightly. We don't think, oh, my gosh, this is us, and I'm scared about posting this, and, oh, man, or I feel uncomfortable, and I don't want to hit record. And you're just like, nope, this will perform well. This will not perform well. This is what your brand needs to be. This is what it shouldn't be. This is what you're really good at. This is what you're really bad at. It's really easy to objectively say that for somebody else. Mm. And it's hard to do that for ourselves because there's emotions and feelings and stuff. And so if you're a business owner, a lot of times that's what people tell me is like, I, just, I struggle with vision. I struggle with like, what do I say? How do I say it? I just, I don't know what to, uh, and I've talked to people that are consultants, like uh, one, someone that, that uh, might become a client, uh, someone we've been talking for the past few months and I've just been helping out. Uh, he, he, he's a keynote speaker. He's done like 5,000 keynotes and he consults on keynotes for the highest level. And so he has, uh, I'm not even going to say his pricing, but it's, it's up there. It's a good, it's yeah. a big, it's a, he's a <laughs> high level consultant. And, uh, and to be honest, like he's, he's like, I do this for people. I craft stories for other people. And I went up to him at a conference and I said, I would love to tell your stories. Yeah. And he's like, you're the first person that's done that. And I've always waited for someone to do that with me. And I'm the same wow. way where it's like, I've wanted someone to come up to me and say, hey, Grant, I believe in you. I don't want to help mm. you do this. I don't want to help you execute this on this better. Um, 
So if you're listening and you want to help me do it, uh, and you think you 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 have what it takes to 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 help me get to that next level, I would I'm always welcome and support. But I think we agree. Everyone needs a coach on this. Everyone needs creative direction because you need that objective opinion, just to be able to say like, yeah, you need help. We all need help. Yep. <laughs> it sounds to me like you need to trip. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you sell me. This is where you sell oh, me. I absolutely. Love it. <laughs> I love it. These, this is where it turns into discovery call. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love it. No, I mean, I mean to be honest, like I, I love, I love the concept of like just someone having an objective opinion. Hey, hey, you need some creative direction. And it doesn't, sometimes it can be like, yep, you need that full service stuff. Sometimes it can be, no, you just need like, you just need, uh, you just need a game plan, a content structure that's going to work for you. I love testing. And so most of what my content is, is just variety of stuff to be like, yeah, I want to do outlandish things because I want to test the performance. I want to test how fun it is. I want to test what I like. Everyone needs to test to begin. And then you need to create systems, working with someone like Leanne to make things better. And then you need to scale up and, Arguably, Leanne, tell me what you think about this. This is my new passion. Yeah. I, I, I do hate agencies. Mm-hmm. I hate the agency model. Uh, and the reason I hate it is because either if we do things right, if we do things the right way, we're putting ourselves out of a job because yeah. uh, ultimately they need their own in-house team. And if we do things the wrong way, we put ourselves out of a job because they want to fire us and they'll go to another, they'll go to another agency or they'll go and hire their own in-house team. But ultimately, I think if you're doing things the right way, people need to hire people for themselves. You need your own, like if you scale and you're a business owner, if you're doing probably, I don't know what you, I would say probably in the 3 million revenue range, uh, I, I would argue one to 3 million, somewhere in that range. You should start thinking about, I need my own videographer, I need my own editor, mm-hmm. I need my own content uh, my own content poster or my own copywriter. These are just pieces of the puzzle that you probably need. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that you can, someone can last with an agency for a long period of time? I think they can last with an agency for a long period of time, um, depending on what kind of content they, they are producing. Mm. Um, you know, if you look at someone like Dan Mottel, he is just creating such a volume of content that as an agency it would be almost impossible to keep up with that. And then you're in danger of only doing his work and not having a capacity for anybody else's work. And yeah. so when things don't go well or he does decide to take his team in-house, you're, you're left um, high and dry. And, you know, that's always the danger. Yeah. Um, I think for someone like him or um, Alex Hormozzi, where they are just so confident in creating so much content, it 100% makes sense to have a dedicated team that yep. is just looking after them because they grow with you as well. Yep. But then I think most business owners, do they want someone following them around all the time? Probably not. Um, yeah. And then, then sticking with you and me is the better option because it's cost effective um, and it's, it's delivering quality content that's building their personal brand online um, but it's not taking over what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so let's let's wrap it up there because I think that's a good place for us to end. I really appreciate your time, Leanne. I I hope I hope, and my goal is that even though we disagree on some things, that you feel nothing but respect because I have a lot of respect for you. I have a lot of respect for what you do, and I think I think there's a lot of people that would be super beneficial uh, to work with someone like you to get themselves up to that scale, um, and so. I definitely, I recommend a service like yours for a very specific target. Um, and so I, I hope that you feel that and I hope that you feel my respect over what you do because even though we disagree on some principles, uh, I think it's super interesting and I love uh, seeing the impact that you guys make on, on, on the clients that you guys have and what you guys target. Um, what, is your, what is your ICP? What's your ideal client profile? Someone that's listening to this or someone that sees a clip from this uh, who is the type of person that you think is like, yep, I want to work with them? So uh, my ideal client is a startup founder, um, someone who is actively raising investments, building technology. It's also um, your small business owner or founder who's growing from uh, you know zero to 10 million. Um, I think those are the kind of people who want to change the world, who want to be heard, who see the value in personal branding. 
that's mm-hmm. the person I can help. If I have to convince you that you need to build a personal brand, then uh, we'll spend half our time fighting about <laughs> <laughs> It's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, so if you see the value in building your personal brand to benefit your business um, and to grow a legacy, then we can absolutely work together. Um, and just on that, I want to say I absolutely feel the respect. And, you know, like I, I was so comfortable coming on and, and talking with you because although we're kind of in the same business, we're on the opposite ends. And I think that my people are going to come to you and there's going to be some people <laughs> that you can't help that will yeah. need to come to me to start. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- somebody has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and at right, you know, at the boutique level is not necessarily the right place for them. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like a part of, a part of what our, our model is, and, and this is something I, like, Leanne, you might not know this, but we, we do this high ticket, high level boutique where we fly out to you and do stuff. I, I'm actually like, I limit how many clients we take on just because of how intensive it is. So we actually only, yeah. I, I don't do any outbound for it. And I only work with a specific type of person. A lot of times what we actually do is this fractional CMO thing where essentially I, I work with you to build the brand and then I connect the business owner to their own in-house team or an agency that I think best fulfills exactly what they're trying to do. So what I'm excited about is now that I have you and you're in my network and I, I vouch for you and your character and I vouch for the, your style of business, I'm so excited because I'm going to be able to refer people just like you're saying that can't afford their own in-house team but needs that quantity of stuff, needs to get to that consistency level and doesn't have the value needs to value their time needs to focus on the, like there's there's a client that exactly like exactly like you're saying works for you um and i'm excited because i'll be able to point you and we'll, I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be there's gonna be times for us to work together in the future even though we approach things differently i think there's people that i'm gonna be working with that are gonna need your help and i'm excited to kind of like loop you in and have you be a part of it so um you've heard it here first so if if you're listening to this and you're struggling with consistency you have a target demographic, you have a goal of what you're trying to communicate, you have a honed in, maybe a, a slide deck or, or a target demographic that you're trying to help, especially if it's in that investor place. Um, it sounds like that's what Leanne really, really thrives with. And so um, reach out to her. Leanne, where can people find you? Where can people apply to work with you? Oh, absolutely. It's www.chipit.online. So okay. all the information's on there. Uh, loads of sample videos and obviously it's really easy just click the button and sign up and we can get chipping and you're going to be putting out a podcast very soon that's what you're going to be doing you're going to be putting out a podcast I don't know what it's called but it's going to happen soon I demand it because if you don't you're being (laughs) foolish alright so I need you to be doing that (laughs) awesome thanks for listening everybody see you next time